Good evening, everyone. I'm broadcasting live, July eighth. Today's quote is about sickness. Two kinds of sickness. It's a nice little quote. Two kinds of sickness physical and mental. Kaiko Jarogo, Jedesiko Jarogo. And he says, there are differences with uh, physical sickness. Well, it, you see people without physical sickness for days, weeks, months, years on end. But nobody escapes mental sickness, even for a moment. Except for those who are enlightened. Mental illness is something that most people are are plagued by moment after moment, day in, day out. It's a type of sickness that and everyone carries with them. So in Buddhism, mental illness isn't simply the extreme cases of clinical depression or anxiety or OCD or phobias, or psychoses, all, all of these things are just extreme, extreme to the to the extent that an ordinary uninstructed person can can uh, recognize them and latch on to them and identify them as a problem but most of most of the time we don't recognize and identify our mental illnesses for what they are which is illness and uh, discord distress until we come to meditate many people when they begin to meditate for the first time it's like a revelation a realization that our minds aren't quite as healthy as we thought they were that our minds are plagued by plagued by illness the illness of greed, the illness of anger the illness of delusion the illnesses that that really is the um, the illness and the problem that we should focus on and should understand buddhism to focus on more so than than uh, simply suffering 
more important is the cause of suffering. The suffering, well, we can live with it. You know? It is possible to be at peace with what we would normally term suffering. But there's no peace for one who has mental illness. The suffering comes because we have mental illness. And it's really suffering. It becomes suffering because of our mental illness, because of our greed, our anger, our delusion. Well, Buddha, in another place, since we're on the subject of sickness, talks about four types of sickness. There's sickness from utu, which means the environment. Sickness from food, ahara. Sickness from, uh, sickness from the mind, citta, uh, or jeda sikha, maybe. Uh, and sickness from karma. Four types of sickness. So in a little more detail, the physical sickness is either from the environment or from, from, what, from what is around you or from what you take inside of you. So things like viruses and radiation and um, environmental distress and environmental discomfort, these would be Utu. Ahara, from food, what we eat and drink causes us sickness. These are the causes of physical sickness. Mental sickness is caused by the mind or caused by karma, which is basically the same thing, but karma means in the past. So you've, you've done nasty things in the past and, uh, as a result you have physical and mental impairment why people are born uh, with certain disabilities why we suddenly get cancer or any any debilitating disease multiple sclerosis etc Not to mention the diseases that come from our greed and, and uh, well, those are more than the food type. Um, but the, the fourth one from, from the mind means simply the sickness that comes from being mentally sick, from being angry. Anytime we're angry, this is angry, this is considered a mental illness. The fact that we have anger is considered to be a mental illness. When we when we are addicted to things, when we want things, just wanting something is considered to be a mental illness. It's a, it's a wrong in the mind. It's a cause of suffering for the mind. It's a cause of stress and distress. Anytime, anytime we have delusion, arrogance, conceit, or the fact that we have these in our mind, this is a cause for illness type of illness. This is the this is the Dhamma of the Buddha. This is how we look at things. It sounds kind of depressing, I suppose. I've actually had people say to me that 
it's not really fair to call these things illness when they're all manageable. As though there's a categorical difference between someone who is clinically depressed and someone who is just depressed. There isn't. There's not a categorical difference. Until you create a category. Because it's just a matter of degree and eventually the perpetuation, the, the um, feedback loop it becomes so strong that it becomes unmanageable. So you you dislike something or you're depressed about something and that makes you depressed and more depressed and depressed. And then repeat and you, you enter into this feedback loop where you're actually feeding the depression with depression. Or you get angry and then you're angry at the fact that someone's made you angry or you, you stew in your anger and it becomes unmanageable. Anxiety, become anxious that you're anxious, afraid of your fear, and so on. Uh, you just feed them, and by feeding them, you end up clinical. It's just a matter of degree, and so certainly something that we should be concerned about, and we should be religious towards, so it doesn't become unmanageable. No questions today. Or do we have questions from yesterday? Well, look like we have a long argument here. I haven't read it, but oh, you're about to talk. Why is entertainment dangerous? Understanding the nature of it being in permanent suffering and non-self, what makes it dangerous? Mm -hmm. Attachment. Got some good talk, I suppose. Not going to read through it all. Really think you should put the cue before the question, otherwise it's hard to go through here. I'm going to have to, have to uh, insist. I'm not going to go back through all that talk to find questions. So to make a question, click on the yellow or green question mark. That puts the right tag before your question. Then I can easily identify them. Could my unsatisfying lack of progress in meditation, my lack of confidence in seeing the hindrances be due to gamma? Do you have doubt about your practice? Doubt about your progress? Because that's a hindrance. You can say doubting, doubting. It may be not easy to understand what is the progress, but if you're practicing correctly, it's hard to imagine that you're not progressing. You're not learning to see yourself clearly and to refine your character. When faced with such continued adversary, violence, racism in the world today, 
how do we teach others to come to understand the same benefits of meditation, right? Without seeing unconcerned with our non-reaction, with our non-reaction. If you find that it's considered unjust or cruel not to have a fighting opinion when existing in a world that demands outrage over every negative situation that arises. Well, yeah, society is messed up. Nothing, nothing new there. We esteem all the wrong things. We esteem addiction for what it's worth. We certainly esteem opinions, views. We esteem outrage. We esteem for things that in the end turn don't turn out to be all that useful. We get caught up in things that end up being inconsequential. Asare saradasino sare cha saramatino. Asare saramatino sare cha saradasino. You see what is fundamental or what is essential as being unessential or what is unessential as being essential. Te sarang Micha gochara sankapa. They don't obtain, such people don't come to what is essential because they're always feeding on the wrong, feeding in the wrong pasture. Or they, they let their mind wander and minds wander in the wrong pastures. So to answer your question, I don't, it's not easy. not easy to teach yourself, let alone others. This is why we focus on our own well-being. You become an example to others. People see a better way. And see a way to free themselves and to help the world. But only if you become an example. So work on yourself. If you hold fast, if you hold fast to the fact that you're not that you're not um, outraged at things, there will be people who appreciate that and who who esteem that and who are affected positively by that. Those people who get angry at you, well, it's, it says more about them than about you. Um, sometimes better to let people who are raging let them rage 
Now, I mean, yes, but to be patient with them, unmoved. It's really kind of silly to get outraged about everything when this is sort of thing. Outrageous things have been sort of the norm of humanity. To be surprised by them is naive. And to fight for that to change. It's much better to accept it as part of the human condition and to work with it in the sense of actually, you know, trying to change, not getting angry at the fact that that's part of humanity, that there's evil in humanity, but to work on good, to better yourself, to better those around you. To help people to come to let go of their evil inside. To help people to see that getting angry at bad things is making things worse. It's just cultivating a habit of anger. You just end up burnt out. You don't believe this theory? Look at those people who get burnt out from activism, who get burnt out from social justice, that kind of thing. They don't end up helping people, not in any meaningful way. Well, it's maybe not true. They do often end up, because of, but not because of the anger, they often end up, because of their, their determination, they'll end up changing the system. You don't need to be angry to change the system. Like some of the uh, civil rights movement in America, for example, that we hear about, a lot of it wasn't very angry. It was a matter of just having sit-ins and sitting in the wrong place on the bus and that kind of thing. Just to be adamant. I mean, we still might argue from a Buddhist point of view, but that sort of thing is much more, much more uh, conscionable or much more acceptable to a Buddhist. Where the Buddha himself gave silent protest. There's this one case where this king was going, it's a long story, and basically this guy was um, this guy was a bastard son of one of the Buddha's relatives, and so they wouldn't recognize him. But uh, they didn't want to anger him, so they pretended to recognize him. And in the end, they, you know, they wouldn't even let him eat at the same table with them. They were so proud, and this king got so angry that he, uh, he he vowed to kill all the Buddha's relatives. So he went to, to, to went with his army one time, and the Buddha intercepted him, and the Buddha was sitting there under a, a tree. But the tree had no leaves, or very few leaves. It was a very, it's an almost dead tree. And uh, the king was marching by, and he was told that the Buddha was sitting there, and so he got down and went to see the Buddha, And he said to the Buddha, he was actually, he actually had some faith in the Buddha, even though he was a warmongering, warmongering king. And he said to the Buddha, what are you doing, Venerable Sir, sitting under this tree with no shade? Why don't you find a better tree? And the Buddha said, oh, that's okay. I live under the cool shade of my relatives. So he would never, he didn't even, wouldn't even go to the king and tell him, look, you're wrong, stop it. Instead, he, he sought to remind the, ki remind the king that his relatives were, were, were 
had good in them. They may have been pompous jerks, but they were still people. They were still a support to humanity in some way, support to the Buddha in some way. So the king, he realized, oh, the Buddha, Buddha uh, benefits from his relatives. So he went, he turned around, called off the war. Except he couldn't keep down his anger, so he ended up heading off to war again. And again, the Buddha did the same thing. And then the third time, it's interesting. It's a really interesting story. The third time, the king says, "Look, I'm just going to do it." And the Buddha sort of reflected on the situation and didn't go. He decided it wasn't wasn't this wasn't going to come to a good end. There was nothing he could do to stop it. In the end, many of the Buddha's relatives were wiped out. The majority of them. Because the Buddha just let it happen. In the end, he felt he couldn't. Because he would have had to get angry. He would have had to get upset. And the sense that that's you can't stop people from dying. You can't stop bad things from happening. What we have to stop is things like anger. And so, getting angry doesn't help. It sends the wrong message. Now, much more important is to send a message. Stop killing each other. To actually, to actually try and stop one in one killing or one, one catastrophe is not all that important. These beings are in a cycle. They're born and die, and born and die. It's part of the circle of life. But the mind, the mind doesn't die. It dies every moment, but the mind of a person keeps going. Anyway, sickness. All right, we're into questions. But only one, two questions. Must have answered all the questions last night. Well, in that case. Have a good, have a good evening, everyone. Tomorrow I might be busy. I might not. I should be here. I should be here. But uh, if I'm not here some days, my apologies. I should be here. Anyway, have a good night. <laughs>